Good morning. Happy Easter to you. What a great day of celebration. If there's a little room on your pew, just kind of scoot in there together and make room for a few more folks. Glad to have you today. We're in for an exciting day. It's not as exciting as the day when Jesus comes, but we're going to celebrate till he does, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> One of the things that we do every week here at our WFR family is we take the Lord's Supper, or some call it communion. If you're visiting with us, we welcome you and to join us in celebrating the gospel. It's something that uh, we do to remind us of the death, burial, and resurrection. Not just the great sacrifice that was made for us, but also that this is something we do together as a family. And we gather around the Lord's table and we remember, one, that it's his table. And, uh, and it's, it's a reminder of, that our hearts were pricked by that same story that changed our lives. And that's the story... We want to get nourished with together to go out of here and share that story with other folks. Today we're um, continuing a series of the last words of Christ. If you remember to some Roman soldiers, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. To a thief that was crucified next to him, he said, Today you will be with me in paradise. To his mother, his disciple, I would argue his best friend, he said, Dear woman, here is your son. Son, here is your mother. So to those who knew nothing, had no idea that they were a part of God's divine plan, to those who deserved punishment and death, multiple offenders, I'm sure, one found eternal life at the 11th hour of his life, and to two people that Jesus probably loved more than anybody on this earth, his mother and John, who referred to himself in the book of John as the one who Jesus loved. You get the picture from the last words that Jesus really does love everybody. And he came here for everybody. And so today, and every Sunday for us, communion is a weekly reminder of the cost of salvation. But it's also a celebration because we have an opportunity now to have a forever family. There, you may have the best earthly family imaginable. In fact, many of you may be here today as a family in this great celebration. But you may have a terrible family situation and be distant and separate from members of your family because of whatever. But a forever family is here for both. You always have a family in Christ. So whether you've been in the family of God for 50 years or 50 days, today is a celebration of Christ's physical body, which was given for you and for me, but also his blood. Blood is precious to all of us, but his blood had not only physical capacity, but divine capacity to forgive. And when shed on a cross, we got forgiveness. That's our past. We got a future because we have hope. And also for this day, the blood of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful to have the opportunity 
to be able to partake in this supper that you established the night that Jesus gave his the night before he gave his life. You established that we would remember this until he comes back. The Apostle Paul reminded us again, do this in remembrance of our Lord. And that's what we're doing today. We're so grateful for the body of Jesus that offers us an opportunity to not only live with hope, but also to be forgiven of sin. Because the blood that he shed on that cross, the blood that he shed in the scourging before he was killed, every single ounce of it has your divine quality to forgive us, to maintain and restore us. Thank you so much, Father, for the peace that we now have in restoration with you. And it's possible because of Jesus. Amen. In Mark chapter 15, verse 33, we see another phrase, last phrase of Christ. Mark said, At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar and put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. And with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last There's not one of us that had a, went through a journey in our life where we went through a period of darkness. Obviously, the very first time we decided we didn't want to serve God, we're just going to live like we want to live instead of how he wants us to live, took us into darkness. We found the great story of Jesus which brought us out of darkness into light. I can't imagine what it was like for Christ at a time of day when the sun should shine brightest, the world turns dark. I mean, was it a reflection of the heart of God having to give his son to die for the sins of the world? Was it, was it the distance that God himself felt? Was it that kind of deep darkness that our own sin really created the situation? I don't know what it was like for the, even the people that stood around the cross and watched, and they may have seen many executions before, but they had never been affected like, like this, where in the middle of the day, darkness all of a sudden surrounds them. And I am just grateful that God did not leave his people in the dark, nor did he leave his son there either. People have a lot of reasons why they're afraid of the dark. It may be because you're fearful someone is there that you don't know about, or it could be because no one is there at all, which is also very frightening to be alone. In that moment, when, better get that, in that moment, <laughs> tell them to come on down, we got room for one more. In that moment, you see the weight of sin on Jesus. And and I believe that's what brought out this exclamation. As Mike said, there was a there was a divine mood that was said. And by the way, this wasn't an eclipse 
something we could just describe as just one-off in nature. This was a divine moment. And everybody there in that moment, they knew something was happening here in a big way. And so, you know, I think about maybe it was a reminder of, you remember the plague of darkness. That was the ninth plague way back, you know, at the, right before the Passover was instituted when that terrible night of death would come. Before that was this darkness that was so dark it just consumed an entire nation. It was that sort of moment again. Or possibly, as Mike said, it was the mood of the Almighty. Or just a reminder that sin in its worst nature is so dark and so consuming that it takes us. And in that moment, Jesus was taking all of the sins, not only of the people of his generation, but anybody who had ever lived up until that point and right up till this moment today. That's a lot of sin on one man. And yet in the moment of that, he also fulfilled a prophecy from Psalm 22, which, of course, David said those words a thousand years earlier. And now Jesus was saying them on the cross. David would continue by saying, Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? And he talked more about his enemies and the weight of that moment as David was crying out to God. Jesus said the same words. In that moment, this weight of sin this weight of isolation, all this lament. David was only dealing with his sin and the sins of those that were chasing him. Jesus was dealing with the sins of an entire human race. Wow. All humanity in this moment on him. Paul would describe it like this. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Church says, Three long hours of darkness were then followed by three even longer days of death. The Son of God, the promised Messiah, the Savior of mankind and the light of the world was gone. His body was here in a rich man's tomb. There had been a stone that was put in the front of that tomb and was sealed by the Roman government to not be open. Where was his spirit? Somewhere, waiting to reunite with his glorified eternal body. No government can keep our God from doing what he wants to do. Amen. So Jesus Christ, after three days, arose, and we imagine, and I imagine, a blinding light of reunification in that tomb. And that stone was rolled away in spite of that seal. And the Holy Spirit of God now was living in Jesus Christ in a glorified body to never die again. And because of that hope, the trail has been blazed. The path now is clear. None of mankind has to fear death any longer because now we know death can be defeated for eternity. So when we lose a loved one, and as we look ahead to our own moment, 
There's always fear, trepidation, grief, but we don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. He has shown us the way. He said, take up your cross and follow me. I have prepared a place for you. Paul said it this way. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. We have that promise in Christ. The cross was a place of darkness and a place where sin was heaped on to Jesus. But the tomb is a place of light. A place of hope in the resurrection. uh, uh, David, whenever he wrote that terrible, awful, grieving Psalm 22, which also would then be transported forward on Jesus Christ, he followed it up with the 23rd Psalm, Hmm. which is a great psalm of hope and peace and comfort. How many times have you heard that psalm read at that moment of disembarking and thinking about the next turn. We have hope in the resurrection of the dead. So if your heart is empty today, I've got good news for you. Because an empty tomb gives you hope for eternal life. Not just eternal life, but better life here. To serve God to be like Christ. The whole goal of Christianity is really this simple. Us becoming more like Jesus today than we've ever been before. Because God loves us that much that he would send his son to die for us. What a, what a great witness and testimony of the heart of God. I recently saw a news story about a young man, 15 years old. His name was Aaron Singleton, Fort Worth, Texas. Aaron uh, had a head injury. He was a football player. Had a head injury. Lay in a coma for a while and then passed away. This world. It was a great shock, of course, to his high school, to his family, his friends. But his mom, Cassandra, had made the decision, knew that he would want to do this, to donate his organs to help other people. And so, after a while, they had a celebration where some of those recipients came and met with his family, they met with his football team, and, and expressed their great appreciation. One lady, Brenda Flores, received a kidney and a liver. Dustin uh, Early received a kidney and a pancreas. And Mike Norton, Mike Norton was a man from Houston who received Aaron's heart. And he hugged the mother's neck and he said, I am sorry for your loss, but I am very appreciative of the gift. And with that, he took a stethoscope and he let her listen to her son's heart beat inside this man who now has life. And I thought, wow. Isn't that that what God does, though? He offered his son, and now when he hears you, he hears the heartbeat of his son. And you, as you follow his son... The heart of God, who can measure? And who could really ever understand?
just like um, just like Lindy created something from blank canvas, God did that in us. There was darkness, then there was light, and then there was life. That was at the beginning for humanity, and now we do it over and over again, a chance to be renewed. That's the gospel message. Jesus came here for that purpose, the light of the world. And he came here to die for you and for me. He was resurrected for you and for me. He left and now he's mediating in heaven for you and for me. And he's promising his return. Maybe sooner rather than later. Are you ready today? If you're still in darkness, if you haven't embraced Christ, if you haven't committed to him and confessed him as your Lord, today is your day. You can repent, change your life, and reenact just what you see behind me in baptism and become a son or daughter of the Almighty. God said, I will send my spirit to live in you. Paul said, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. I want to live that glorified life for eternity. If you have a need today, why don't you come while we sing. Just as I